Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 6, episode 6, this is crazy, this is crazy, uh, of the Fashademics with me, Sophie Johnson, and my stunningly gorgeous co-host, here she is, Laura Aerosmith, hello, so today we are talking all things fashion education, it's our fashion education special, obviously something we're really, really passionate as a two, as we are both um, academics, we're both lecturers at Birmingham City University, teaching in um, the uh, School of Fashion and Textiles around fashion business. Uh, that's where our friendship journey started oh. and also where we are today, both, you know, studying, teaching, all these fab things. So we're going to talk and concentrate on um, the fashion academia industry, which is great. So we've got a fantastic guest, one of our very special friends, Mike Hansel, who is also a fellow university lecturer. Um, we love him loads. He's part of our BCU BAB uh, little indeed. group. Um, so he's got some fantastic advice and a fantastic career in the fashion industry. Um, so he'll be talking to you. Uh, this week's Like to Know is all about Birmingham City University. It, it made perfect sense as it's the place we met, we studied and we both teach now. So we want to tell you a little bit about what BCU offers. Not sponsored at all from the heart because we, we work there and we are ambassadors for where we work and that's really cool. Um, and then uh, this week's In the Know segment is obviously all going to be around fashion education, why we think it's really important, where the industry is now, and you know why we think uh, coming into the fashion industry at a university, learning all about it, and where the jobs and employability lie, especially as we're going into hopefully a post-COVID uh, time. But there's lots to learn, and um, we hope that some of you will even come study with us. How cool would that be? So we're starting off our in-the-know conversation all around fashion um, degrees. So I think there's been a lot of hoo-ha. Can I say hoo-ha? Hoo-ha around fashion, um, getting a fashion degree. Um, Is it a necessity? And I think it's also personal preference. But if you look at what COVID has done in terms of the creative arts, um, I know they didn't get much funding, but everything everybody has done in lockdown has revolved around creativity. You know, we're watching TV, all those people that have um, got art directors, producers, costume, um, we're reading books. Imagine lockdown without all of these things. I know, it would be insane. Without the creative industry. What would we do? Absolutely nothing. I mean, if I couldn't buy clothes through lockdown, I really don't want to do that. So I spend most of my time just doing, just scrolling on my phone. But I think it's really, really important. I mean, even if you look back to children, how important it is for their development, you know, arts arts and crafts build curiosity, creativity, imagination. It supports their development and communication skills. Like, it really is so, so important in terms of a person's development. Um, And I just feel like, I guess in in the olden days, I mean, I'm going back 30, 40 years here, it's not particularly old, but maybe it wasn't so much of a need to go into fashion education. There was more opportunity. The fashion industry wasn't as big, but now it is so, so competitive. And from my experience being at university, you know, doing the fashion retail management course, um, 
I went to university and I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to work in fashion and I didn't want to be a designer. And I remember speaking to a careers advisor and she said to me, you've got to go to university. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to get a first. I'm going to get a thank job. Thank God you did. There we are. Um, and I went through the degree and I thought, do you know what? I either want to be a buyer. I want to go into marketing. Not sure which one. And it gave you like a little sample of everything in the industry to find out what you like and what you don't like. And I graduated, I went into buying, did that for a couple of years, didn't feel it was for me, then moved into marketing and absolutely loved it. But it was doing that degree that I I was able to get that buy, that initial first buying job because I had the experience, I had the knowledge around how things work, um, lead times, you know, freight on board, um, samples, swatches, designing the collections, how that works, um, sourcing, all those different elements of buying. So when I went into the job interview, I had the very, you know, basic knowledge of how that operated. And therefore, when I went into meetings and I went into, and I was working with the buyers, I understood what was happening. And the same for when I transitioned into marketing, you know, it was a smooth process. And I think university, it's not just about learning about the degree. It's those life skills that come with Absolutely. it, you know. I moved out when I was 18 years old. Um, I moved in with strangers. You know, I offended for myself. Um, so I learned how to look after myself. I learned how to money manage um, as well as being on the course. You know, I learned to meet new people. I went on work placements um, to try and kind of like test the water of the industry. So it really was all about building those skills as a whole, not just about the educational side. Yeah, I think when it comes to the crux of it, if you want to work in the fashion industry, you need a degree. So there's a very, very limited amount of jobs that maybe you could get without a degree, but I feel like there's always going to be that cap on experience. Mm. Um, so, you know, you look at any job description to work in fashion PR, fashion influencer outreach, buying, you need that degree. Educated to a degree level. It yeah, say, it, it, it's, it? it's always there. You know, some of them are starting to see now masters and things like that as mm. well. So depending on what you're doing and where you're going. I mean... Uh, you know, experience is fantastic, but you need both. And I think when I was in my second year, um, we used to we used to have like a six or a twelve week placement, didn't we? When yeah. we, we did our degree back in the day, and oh my god, it was it was fantastic to go and do that work experience. And I got an amazing placement with Love, the brand I ended up going to work for. Um, and I did, I think I did the full twelve weeks. Yeah, I moved down to London uh, for the twelve weeks, which is an amazing experience as well. Again, going back to what you said about life skills, yeah. I, you know, I commuted to university. I lived in Wolverhampton. I got the train sometimes of driving um so I was definitely had that commuter experience as well which is which is still a fantastic university experience so suddenly I think I'd had a breakup and I'd broken up with my boyfriend of like five years went down to London and had this amazing kind of 12 weeks um living the dream living out of home and working for a fashion brand I literally I had an amazing 12 weeks and, and I'll always be thankful to that to the brand love for giving me that work experience and then also taking me on but I remember um leaving or getting ready to you know those last few days and they were like there's a job here if you want it you can stay if you want and I had this whole like because I'd had the best time I've never been away from home uh, and I was living the high life in London and and I could have I could have left I could have um, you know I remember saying to my dad and you know it was a bit my dad Arian we love Arian I reckon this podcast will be well over an hour for him he moans that the podcasts Hi, are too short for his runs so Ian this one's for you um but he was like I, re I would really love you to stay at university I want you to so at, at, at that time that's probably the reason that I did stay was for my dad uh, and obviously I'm really glad that I did that um but do you think your career would 
be just as good if you went straight into that job and not finished your degree? Um, no, I don't. I think it would have been it would have been capped. There's only so far that you can go without. I think um, like if I wanted to move on from that company at some point, the, the job descriptions mm. are going to be exactly the same. You need a degree. So yeah, I would have had some amazing experience from that time, but I felt like my career would have been capped because if I'd have tried to have moved on at any point. I don't know whether I'd, you know, the job descriptions would be exactly the same. They would still, you know, the next job would say a BA degree needed. So, you know, there was only one way. I think if I'd have stayed in London, I would have stayed and capped my career within within that business, which could have been a good thing as well, I suppose, um, uh, depending on where that business grew. Um, but yeah, essentially, I don't regret, uh, you know, uh, doing going back and finishing my degree um it's given me a platform for you know this job today I wouldn't have been able to come back and and teach at Birmingham City University as as I do with my degree um you know for me I have also now gone from um doing my BA degree myself and Laura have both done our PG certs that we've mentioned before um I've also done my master's at BCU in public relations and I'm now studying to do my my PhD so I am a great believer that education is so so important you know at the moment it's probably even harder to get experience in the industry because no one's open the, yeah no one's open um some some places are offering some remote learning uh, remote learning so some remote work experience but i think that now is an even better time to be in education and particularly in fashion education because um you know yes the fashion industry vogue business has reported that the fashion industry is one of the, the hardest hit industries of course but so and i think this this is the problem with people looking and, and coming into university at the moment is they see so much negativity um about the fashion industry um but as we said in the very first episode fashion is always here that's the thing. Fashion's going to bounce back because everybody needs clothes in their back. Well, you know? I don't think it's even disappeared because yeah, exactly. Like we, yeah, our, our shopping habits have just changed. We've just bought more loungewear. I've spent more money on running leggings for Matalan. We've got to do a like to know a Matalan leggings <laughs> one day. Oh my god, they're amazing. But it's just that things have changed. And what's going to happen when the, sh- well, the shops are going to reopen next week? It's going to be brilliant. There's going to be you know a very in different retail of people. Absolutely. The revenue, the um, market revenue for this year is expected to be £62.2 billion. Wow. So, you know, it's not dying out, it's just evolving. And therefore, with that evolution, there's going to be new jobs. Yeah, we're going to lose some jobs, but there's going to be new, exciting ones that our graduates are going to be able to apply for. And currently about 800,000 people... Um, work in the fashion industry according to the British Fashion Council so it's absolutely huge you know it's such a big part of the UK's economy and you know and the global economy yeah it's a worldwide definitely and if we think about all of our students since graduating last September they've gone on to such incredible careers you know we've got one of our students that's working in social media pretty little thing for um, doing the podcast over there, we've got people that have gone to lounge underwear, people that have gone to Gymshark. Hidden fashion in Birmingham yeah. as well. Loads of our, our students have, have got jobs, even in the midst of all this pandemic. Actually, I think it makes people stand out and work even harder. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I um, teach on the self-promotion module um, on the fashion business and promotion course. And that is that kind of exit module. It's for the students that are getting ready to graduate. Um you know, so I worked on that last year and there was already, between March and, and, and kind of May when we start that teaching, there was already changes in the fashion industry and, and jobs around. I get daily emails from LinkedIn and Fashion United mm-hmm. about all the jobs that are out there. Fashion hasn't gone anywhere. It's just changed and, and revo- yeah. you know, revolved around the pandemic. It's had to sure. accelerate its, its e-commerce platforms and things like that. So um, I just think there is 
it's really, I, I can imagine as a parent or as a teacher that are kind of not directly in the fashion industry looking at the news and social media as we do and seeing a lot of negativity, constantly, you know, shaming Boohoo for this or this brand's gone mm. under and there's constantly like, so I can understand there's that kind of uh, parents and some of those key influences on, on student decisions are, are sceptical. Um, but, you know, this is one of the biggest industries in the world. As we said, we're all sat here now in the studio, fully clothed, thank goodness. <laughs> but we all need clothing. I mean, I'm in my gym gear today. Um, so no matter what it is, we all will buy in to, to apparel. Some, to something. I'm going to take the word fashion out of it again. It's not even about fashion. It's, it's just about the fact that we need apparel to cover our body. Yeah, it's needs and wants. And I think that's what we need to reassure students that are thinking of a fashion career is that there are opportunities out there. And as you said before, it is changing. I mean... If we look back to my job prior to being a lecturer, you know, I would be shooting a campaign and I would be flying to South Africa or Miami to do a 10-day shoot and, you know, working our butts off up at all hours, you know, five o'clock in the morning doing hair and makeup, going to bed at, like, gone midnight, doing it the next day, where now I'm seeing that same company are just doing it all in studio. Yeah. And they're not, they're not travelling, they're not... They've realised they don't need to spend, you know... X amount of thousands of pounds on flying, you know, 15, 20 people out to do a shoot. They can actually just do it in-house in a studio and have the same sales results. So that's what I mean. So there's going to be more digital opportunities. There's going to be more studio opportunities. You know, everything is just adapting to actually saying, well, we don't all need to be a sat around desk in a head office. We can be flexible and work from home. It's great. We don't need to work nine to five. We can work, you know, 12 till nine. We can be flexible and be adapting to to our lifestyles because lifestyles are changing you know what Laura? and i think that actually the way you say that it's actually a really exciting time to come Isn't and it? work in the fashion yeah. industry and we say that you know we said that to our students that are doing their that have just done their online events um you know it's all about it's all about adapting and that is yep. fashion so even pre-pandemic if we look at the fashion industry we've said it before there's not a set curriculum we don't Mm-mm. teach from a fashion book you know we've got lots of books and recommended reading but there are, things are changing we teach as to what is what is every day something is new something has changed this is you know this is why we do the podcast because there's just something to constantly be talking it's, about it's what's relevant now and what brands need is what we teach yeah so that our students are ready to go and work for you that's what it is you know if we followed a curriculum like they do in school it's not like maths english science where it's it's a flat right yes or no this is a constantly evolving which is why it's so important for Sophie and I to just always be learning, to still be doing educational bits on the side, to still be going out and meeting brands and doing our consumer research and understanding what it is that brands want. But I think the problem that we have is that the government do not value creativity. Well, it comes from the ground up, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's and we've seen those changes, haven't we? We've ta- mm-hmm. you know, removing some of these creative subjects out of school. But like Laura was saying, we were having a chat before we started the podcast, that the, that the fashion industry is, is the biggest creative industry yep. in the UK. So why isn't that, that connection? If I go back to when I, before I came to university, the only kind of connection I had to fashion was through art and design. And I did some it of my... It wasn't really fashion there, but was no, it? But no, exactly. And, mm. and the only career I thought existed in one of the biggest industries Same. in the world was fashion design Same. so why as a huge industry that puts so much into the economy not only in the uk but in the world why is there not much more focus on fashion and clothing and apparel yes sometimes you have see some schools and that do textiles and art and design but and you know then you can go to college but it, it needs to start from those kind of like gcse i'm not saying oh gcse fashion i don't know fashion and it's one of the biggest industries in the world so why does it not exist 
Who knows? I just think, like you said, it, it starts from the ground up, doesn't yeah. it? And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. maybe kind of post-pandemic, government will realise the importance of the arts um, and importance of creativity. I feel like they've made a massive mistake by not fully supporting them. The amount of people that are out of work, that are struggling. I mean, really, what would you do if there wasn't the creative arts? We've said before you wouldn't have anything to watch, you wouldn't have anything to wear, but every, everything that you have in your home was designed by somebody. Yeah, and even textiles. You know, we work in a school of fashion and textiles as well. If you think about, you know, the sofas we sit on, the cushions, Cars, the car seats. Yeah, it's all cut from a, a fashion and textiles background. So those jobs will continue. And I think it's re- actually, it's no better time to be in education. I'm going to pick up on something you said, Laura, as well, about, um, you know, you moved away, didn't you? And you yeah. had that whole experience. Actually, I, I mean, I said, I touched on it briefly, but I commuted, I commuted to university. And I think there's, uh, I think there's going to be a big influence of people that do commute because I think because of COVID and I can understand why people may choose to to stay, stay closer local. to home yeah, and, and yeah. stay and stay local. So I think we're going to see some interesting patterns in higher education now. Um, I, you know, as someone that didn't commute, I had a fantastic experience. There's still so much I learned from university. And you met um, me. And I met Laura. This is lovely. <laughs> but it's stuff like my dad used to say that I, I could never say mothers, mothers, my, my th- I used to say free. And like stuff, I know it sounds really silly, but through like presentation skills and things like that, yeah. I learn. I don't know. I don't know why I couldn't say stuff like that. I'd have you know, but like my my delivery, my articulation improved. Uh, my teamwork. You know, we do team projects, and sometimes our students go, "Oh, mm. you know, I don't want to work with other people." But you will in the fashion and textiles industry, you will always work with other people, and it's those things that are really important to learn. And I think I I, I just think as a as a past commuter student, you're not missing out anything necessarily and and, you know it's changed in our day it was you know going out to the biggest clubs on they don't go out like they like we used to go out you don't wear heels and you know freeze to death you're practical and you wear trainers yeah but going back to the presentation thing i'm not feel like i'm plugging the university here um i'm mainly plugging us what we do but we constantly teach our students how to present how to articulate themselves when they go to interviews i know um in the buying module, sometimes you do like little little tests that you would have to do when applying for a buying job. Yeah. And, you know, we, on our marketing PR module, we took some of our students to present at a marketing PR agency. And the owner of the brand said that our students presented themselves better than the students they saw the previous week at Cambridge University because they didn't have the practice of that we give them in terms of getting you industry ready and that's what I think is so vital in in a degree yeah, and we're when really you're proud. we are we are and when you go to look at a university to study really go through the module breakdown and say you know what am I gaining from this how how and ask the lecturers how are you going to make me industry ready because that's something that we really pride ourselves on and make sure that we are educating our students so They've not just done a three-year course just to know stuff. They are ready to go and get that job and understand the processes to get there. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. People sometimes, and you know, my dad did, thought, you know, fashion just sounds fluffy. It's absolutely not fluffy. It's not it's, fluffy. It's, it's creative. It's skills. On our course, can in be mathematical. Oh, as well. absolutely. Depending on what you do, you know, we have got garment technology. We've got costume. It's very specialised. It's very creative. You know, you come on our course, you will leave with a, an industry business plan. 
your business plan. Like, that, that's incredible. Like, We've had students skills. set up their own business, uh, like, do their dissertation as if they're planning a business, and then go set it up and, and, yeah. and act it out. I mean, what, what better skill to have that you can go out into industry, see a gap in the market, and develop yeah. your own company? We've got plenty of students that are out there doing that. So, you know, what you learn on your degree is is just so fantastic. And obviously, yeah. we, can, we can only talk from, from BCU because we, we work there, and that's obviously going to be the focus of our like to know. But I think there's just no better time. And I think for anyone that's thinking about coming to university whether you're commuting or moving away stop looking necessarily at media around the negative things about the fashion industry um look at all the amazing things that are happening look at the amazing you know the the jobs out there if you if you're nervous go on to indeed and and fashion united look how many jobs are out there yeah you know come and see us come to an open day ask those questions we understand that students are going to be nervous you know what can you do to prepare if you can get some um industry experience or interview some people in industry get on linkedin the best thing i can get people to do is get on linkedin and start connecting get talking to people you know and and i think you know as myself and laura do we don't you know we do go off on tangents we don't just talk about the fashion industry because that's what it's like to come to university and study fashion business is that you don't just study fashion 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 we look to other sectors we're inspired by other sectors we need to understand what's going on in politics to understand you know what's going to happen pre uh, post covid we always talk about the pestle model don't we yeah you know looking at and breaking it down looking politically you know looking at the economy looking at legalities looking at social you know technology all those different elements around you that feed into the fashion industry yeah it's 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 really exciting place to be and there's no better time I think to be in education me myself I'm I'm eight months into my PhD I'm still learning I love learning and and the industry's constantly changing and my PhD is very much around post-covid crisis management fashion and it's a really exciting time to be studying because it fits in with everything that's going on in the world right now so you know me as myself I can completely advocate working in fashion education um, and, and learning more. Uh, it's a great time to be learning, great time to be studying. So, you know, if for anyone that's looking at coming to university um, in the coming months, in September, you know, you've got, you know, universities hopefully about to offer um, kind of more face-to-face open days now. You know, use this mm. summer, go and visit, go and visit the city, speak to those tutors, find them on LinkedIn, email, attend, you know, at BCU we have applicant taste days and things like that. Literally rinse those universities of all the information possible. Um, because September is looking to be very, very different to what we've gone through um, in the last 12 months. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of jobs out there, plenty of opportunity. And Loads. we hope that some of you might come and study with us. If you do have any questions, don't be afraid to message us on our Instagram, The Fashademics, and we are more than happy to answer any questions that we can. Right, everybody, as part as I get to know, we are interviewing the lovely Mike Hansel, who is a fellow lecturer um, and lovely friend of ours. Hi, Mike, how are you? Hi, girls. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's a lovely spring day, sunny shining, so it's all good. Or should we say hi, Bab? (gasps) Bab! Oh, hi, Babs. Oh, Brummy Bab. Oh, we've got a little oh. B- BCU babs on BCU we? crew, yeah. We all talk. I can't, I, I can't really do the brum thing with the Yorkshire accent, though. <laughs> you try, Bab, you, you try. Yeah. Yeah. I do try. We, we, we love a trier, don't we? <laughs> we so, do. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so us three taught together, didn't we? For, we did. For a good 12, 18 months. Um, Last, yeah. At BCU, and we all... Oh, we had such a good time. We did. We formed a lovely little friendship, the three of us. Um, so it's really, it's really yeah. lovely for you to come on. 
We miss you. Oh, it's lovely to be here, girls. And yeah, we, we did. We had a, a lovely time working together. In fact, you two were the first two people I met with my moving to higher education. Teething lecturing, showing me the words. Oh, well, we're, we're glad. We're glad that we were with you on that. So what we'd like you to do is just talk through uh, your career, just introduce yourself, because um, you've had a fantastic career in the fashion industry, which I'm not yes. going to spoil. So you tell our listeners all about you. All right, then, everybody. Well, first of all, great to be here. So, um, so yeah, way back when, um, I did a degree in fashion management at the... University of West London, uh, no, University of Westminster, sorry, um, down in London. Um, it all kind of started out, if I go back to like my teenage years, and that is going back some time. <laughs> <laughs> Working in a, a really small department store in my little hometown in, in North Yorkshire. Worked on the fabric counter, you know, not much access to fashion, living in the middle of nowhere, but I knew that I really wanted to get into it. So I thought, right, you know, London's uh, the place to go. So, um, off I went. Oh, uh, off he trotted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, funny story as well. I was too scared to get the train because I had to change. I was like, oh, I can't do that. So I ended up getting a coach for nine hours. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I did a degree in um, fashion management and that included a year in industry. Um, so I was working as a, a buying assistant for a, a brand called Winsmore Group, a, a women's wear occasion wear brand. So I did a year in industry and then I did an exchange programme with the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. So I was lucky oh, enough to, to live out in Manhattan for a year. Yeah, yeah. You so. lived the fashion dream, and you, Bob? <laughs> well, I, I tried to, tried to, definitely. So, um, yeah, studied things like product development, buying, textiles, merchandising, visual merchandising, um, basic sewing, so all, all things fashion, really. Um, and then I knew from, from kind of day one that I wanted to be a, a fashion buyer, and that's where my career's been uh, up until going into higher education. Um, so um, straight out of university, um, I was determined to get into menswear. So my first job, I, fin- I literally finished my last exam on a Friday afternoon, went to the student union with all my chums and my pals, um, and then Monday morning, turned up for work at the Arcadia Group. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah. What a dream. So I didn't even, yeah. Well, do you know what? You know, RIP the Arcadia Group, which is a whole other topic, isn't it? But back then in the, like, the early noughties, you know, working the Arcadia Group was one of the biggest retailers out there. And it was kind of like, you know, the the uh, holy grail of fashion retail careers. So I worked really hard to get in there. So I was actually, I started out at Burton Menswear. And obviously being like 21 years old and you think you're going to take over the fashion industry, I was like, I'm going to work somewhere really cool, really fashionable. Um, And as it turns out, getting those jobs, not quite as straightforward as it would seem, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, So when I got offered the job at Burton's, I was kind of like, oh, great, Burton's. Not quite (laughs) as well myself. (laughs) However, best move ever. Stayed there for five years as a, a buying assistant and eventually went up to assistant buyer and I worked across lots of different departments. I started out, I think it was on um, formal trousers. So, you know, obviously very exciting, lots of black <laughs> Um Then I moved on to knitwear. Then I moved on to jackets. Then I moved to accessories. And then I moved to trousers and shorts. So that was over five years. Absolutely brilliant training. Made some of the best friends that are still my best friends today. Um, um, that's not us. Then, 
Awkward. What's that story, Bab? That's not us. That's very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the next. You're the next chapter, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and then after Arcadia, I went up to work for Matalan for uh, just under a year, and I worked on the young fashion department there again in buying on menswear, doing denim t-shirts. Uh, things like that but I didn't stay for very long because it was actually a bit of a bad move for me because I moved from London up to to Manchester and it wasn't quite the right move I think I was too young for a move like that so I decided to come back down to London um, and then I got a job as an assistant buyer at River Island and that's where my career really took off and I stayed with River Island for nearly seven years Um, again all in menswear um, and that's where I actually got promoted to junior buyer. My first department was men's accessories. Um, and then that's when I started travelling to like Hong Kong and China, Tokyo, South Korea, Turkey. So, so travelling the world. Amazing. doing uh, Yeah, it, absolutely fantastic. So going to visit suppliers, going to do competitive shop reports, sample shopping, going to the factories. Absolutely amazing, like time of my life. Um, and then after accessories, a, a job came up on outerwear and uh, I decided, well, oh, jackets looks like fun. So I went to my boss and said, can I have that jackets job? Like, And then advertised the accessories job. I said, oh, we'll think about it. And I literally plagued her until she agreed to give me jackets. I can't imagine you doing that. I was going to say, is this where oh, your love no. of jackets have come from? Oh, yeah, my, my little jacket <laughs> obsession, yeah. So, yeah, outerwear, was, outerwear and jackets was my baby. Absolutely loved that department. Um, so I stayed on that department three years. Again, lots of, lots of travel, lots of really exciting trips. Um, made lots of money for the company. And then I got promoted and given jersey. So T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, that, that kind of thing. And anybody that has kind of worked in buying knows that jersey's kind of like the beast of of fashion it's a huge department worth lots of money and um, really quick turnaround of products so you know you don't have time to, to sit down or to think um, um and then that involved like travel to places like Mauritius which was just absolutely amazing going to like um, these tropical islands where there's factories and things and then after almost seven years I decided that it was time for a new challenge and I really wanted to get some international experience kind of sparked from when I was at college in in New York and a really good friend of mine one of my best friends he'd moved over to Berlin and I was like why have you moved to Berlin you should come to London that's where it's all at um, so I went over to visit him and I was like oh my god I know why you've moved to Berlin so <laughs> Like, right, Berlin's Berlin's for me. And uh, one of the big, big retailers over there, one of the biggest online retailer in Europe, actually, bigger than ASOS, which surprises people sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, it's Lando.com. So um, I went over there to work for their private label division, which was called Z Labels. So I was buying their young menswear brand called Your Turn. Um, and I was there, I was in charge of denim, trousers, shorts, swimwear, and outerwear. And I stayed there for almost three years. Um, And then, unfortunately, as does happen in the fashion industry, as it does with lots of industries, I got made redundant. Um, Found it very difficult to find another job there because the retail market over in in Central Europe, not quite the same as over here in the UK. So I came back and I was looking for another buying job. I thought, well, I need to do something to, like, you know, pay the rent, if nothing else. Um, so I thought, I'll tell you what, I'll give lecturing a go. I thought I've got plenty of experience. So I um, spent quite a lot of time online uh, looking at what courses were available. I was really surprised at how many courses 
there are now in like fashion business, fashion buying, fashion management. Emailed my CV out to all of them, just asking for a chance to have a, a conversation, a bit of a meeting. Can I do a guest lecture for you? Um, and that's where me and the Babs. Oh, our love story yeah. began. <laughs> yeah, our love story began. It was written in the stars, wasn't it, girls? It was meant to be. It was. Yeah. And um, in all honesty, um, I, I started out because I, I kind of needed a, a job, but I found I absolutely loved it. And I love talk. I could talk for England, especially about no. fashion. No. Really? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> that bad. Bab, you should, you should start a podcast. <laughs> do you know what? I've, I've, I've had this idea. I was going to do it, actually. But no, we don't need another rival. Anyone got there before me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, yeah, I decided, right, well, um, this, is, this is the career for me. Like, I realised I absolutely loved it. So I decided that, right, I'm going to take all that experience that I've got um, with, with menswear, with buying, with international, and especially like digital on, online with Slander being a pure player, I thought I could put a lot of that into uh, into my job as a, as a lecturer. So I lectured at lots of different universities to kind of build up my career. And almost two years later, here I am. Here you are. Do you miss um, being yeah. in the fashion industry now that you are obviously a fashion lecturer? Because I've noticed that you started um, getting your sewing machine back out, which is really exciting to see that develop. So is that because you miss, you know, that kind of like creativity part of the industry? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. There are elements of the industry that I really do miss. Yeah, me like, too, me too. Uh, yeah, I mean, ever since like being a teenager working in the department I've always been very hands-on where it, when it comes to like product. Yeah. I'm quite a product-facing um, person. So I miss that buzz of developing product. I miss that buzz of, of building ranges. And, and the rush and, you know, as well, the kind of like fast pace, got to get yeah. this done. This is, and then seeing your product come to life is just amazing, isn't it? it it's, it's honestly, Lois, one of the best things ever. It's like even when you, you walk down the street and you see a guy wearing a jacket that mm. you know that you for you were part of the team that put that product together and that product turned into sales it is the biggest buzz ever because you know sometimes when people say fashion they think you know Anna Winter Fashion Week yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's got nothing to do with the everyday person actually it's got everything to do with the everyday person because they're buying that that product you know from, from high street stores websites apps whatever it might be and it's that buzz of seeing your your ideas come to life and turn into sales it's it's absolutely amazing so there are elements that i, I do miss about the industry and you're right I, you know I, I love product i love sewing it's one of my big hobbies and i've recently designed like a, a range of um, and the girls always laugh at me about this. We're in shackets. So, <laughs> he like, yeah, like a cross between a shirt and a jacket. And I've got absolutely masses of them. I used to wear mm. a different ones every lecture, didn't I? Which one should um, I wear tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I've worn that one already. I'm going to have to buy a new one. Um, so, yeah, kind of working on that as a little pet project. So we're going to kind of see how that goes. That's so, exciting. I, I do miss the product side of, mm. of the but... You know, there's there's lots of exciting things about the higher education. Um, it's rewarding, uh, isn't it? Like it's you get a different yeah. type of buzz from it. It absolutely. I mean, if I think back to when I was like 18, 19, sitting in a lecture theatre, and and we had buyers coming to talk to us and do and do guest lectures, and our lecturing team was X industry. I was thinking, oh my god, how amazing is that going to be? That could be me. And I never thought, like twenty two years later, that that is what I'm doing, and it's really really rewarding like teaching you know 18 to to 21 year olds about how the industry works telling them about 
your career, you know, kind of experience onto the theory and the practice and the principles of it. And they do get really excited about it. And it is really rewarding to, to see that and see it coming through in their work as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've literally lived the dream for any student that's listening to this and wants to get into the fashion industry and is thinking about this. You know, you, you have like lived the dream of going to those big high street brands in those head offices, London, traveling the world, all the things that people, you know, we get a lot of students that come on our course and that we want, buying, to, want yeah. to get into buying. I think I started like that, but obviously went in a different direction. So if you kind of go back to like those days of when you obviously you were studying, obviously we're talking a lot um, today around fashion education, the importance of getting your degree, and also you know you talked about your experience as well. And I think there is that really nice balance when you when you wanting to work in the fashion industry. Of yes, you need that higher education, you need that that, that degree qualification, but you also need. Um, you need that experience on your CV to show the brands what you can do. So how how did you find, like, your degree helps you getting into industry? And how did that also balance out with the experience that you got? Obviously, you said you, you'd worked, um, you, you went over and studied in New York. So tell us a little bit more about how that then supported you finding a job in industry. Well, I think one of the big things is, and I've kind of learned this not only as a previous fashion student, but as a fashion lecturer as well, I remember almost being in t- years in my first year to my course leader um so like we had this lecture on who the big retailers are who different brands are what a buyer does uh, what a merchandiser does all the different things so i was like oh my goodness i don't know any of this and kind of get, get uh, like getting a bit panicky and then it kind of dawned on me that actually it's all right not to know all that stuff because that's what i'm doing here like to, to learn about it and that's what i tell my students now like not to worry if you don't know about these things because how are you going to know about it so it's like it's learning from lecturers that have got industry experience about how it works how the industry works like the ins and outs of it so even if you know you might be on a degree program that doesn't offer a placement I was really lucky enough that I did do a placement it I think it helps you get a job in the industry because you can show that you've got an understanding of how it works and then putting that into practice in your working life um, I mean, I, as I say, when I went to do um, my placement at the Winsmore Group, kind of this big penny dropped because I started to see what I was learning in the classroom, in the lecture theatres, in practice. Um, and then I could take that experience away. And even though it was like a, a women's wear brand and I really wanted to get into menswear, it's almost like the brand was irrelevant. It's the experience that I had. And it was a conversation starter in those interviews. So, so oh, yeah, I did a you know, placement in buying a merchant so I got to see how range planning works. I got to see how product development works. I, I went on store visits with my merchandiser so I could meet store managers to see how it works out there, kind of in the shops. Um, so I think it, it's it's about knowledge and it's also about skills as well. So, um, you know, things like uh, numeracy, communication, how to conduct yourself professionally, which, you know, when you start out at university, you don't really think about all those things, do you, really? No, absolutely uh, not. We always say that, uh, oh, we tell our students to be professional, but actually we have, sometimes have to take a step back and say, do they understand what working professionally means? Some of them haven't had part-time jobs. You know, some of them will need yeah. to, like, put rush up on communication skills. And a big part, that's a big part of coming to university. It's the life skills. and It's and, the leaving home and, and fending for yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's what you're going to get from your lecturers as well, which is really important. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think it's like you know, I think it's a real opportunity for students on on fashion related courses when they've got a lecturing team that are ex industry to really like be a sponge and absorb all that knowledge. Those you know, 
And I think it's really beneficial for us as lecturers to say to, to students, especially in the first couple of years, that, well, actually, I didn't know how to conduct myself professionally and I didn't really know much about working as part of a team. Like, I was very much me, 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 because I think, you know, lots of us, when we start out, we are. Um, so it's really soaking up that knowledge and, and that skill set and learning from what we as lecturers have to, to tell the students. I think you've made a really good point as well. I think when I was looking as a student to go into fashion, I I don't know, I had this f- f- opinion, and I think a lot of students do, that the people that are going to teach them were like, we're not lecturers that have had the experience of that. We're, we're teachers that maybe like have read about fashion from books and stuff like that. And I think it's really important that, um, that you know, students and people that are looking to come to university understand that we have had that experience and that's why we, we will have got those jobs. And I think it's so important that when when you're teaching you you can go back to those industry experiences and and relate to it so they know that you've done that job for real and that's how you're guiding them through um the different modules and and the experiences when you're a teacher you you have a curriculum don't you follow and every teacher teaching that age group follows that book and follows what I guess the government have told them to educate their students on. When you're a lecturer, we have the opportunity to write our briefs and direct the students down a certain path, depending on, you know, tailor it more to, to people's choice, like career choices. So I think that's where we, like, dramatically differ. Yeah, we're not, we're not kind of stuck in teaching certain things. And the fashion industry is that fast-paced. There could never really be a fashion curriculum, especially maybe on more so, like, the marketing, buying, the industry changes so quick. I mean, look, this year... Constantly we've, um, uh, Mike, this year what we've done with the event management module that we teach um, at BCU is obviously we've had yeah. to adapt. We've gone from doing mm-hmm. live events and physical in physical spaces to getting into these fantastic virtual events with loads of people from industry. And that's what's so great about working in fashion education as well is that you can be... You Adaptable. Can, yeah, you can move yeah. as the industry moves and respond to what, what, what the industry is doing, which is really important that the students uh, are also being really flexible uh, and, 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 and kind of adapting as well as, as we do in education. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is one of the most exciting things about it, to be honest. And this is, you know, when I think I mean, Laura was saying earlier that that passion and that excitement when you see your product mm. out on the street. And I mean, I talk about it from a very product-facing point of view because obviously, like, I'm kind of a buy through and through, but it's the same, like, if you, I don't know if you're in marketing or social yeah, media. For me, seeing, like, yeah. images that I've created, you know, in shop windows, in magazines, you know, it's just you get such a buzz that, you know, that was me, that was my concept, that was my work. Yeah, 100%, and that is what I was trying to get across to my students. And, but, you know, to be fair to them, they don't always perhaps get that because they haven't been exposed to it as yet but it's like god if I could go back and tell the 18 year old me what was in front of me for the next 20 odd years I'd be like oh my goodness this is so exciting and so for you you were just saying you know like that the industry changes and you know we have to change and and be adaptable and and be flexible and I think that's what's really really exciting about you know keeping up to date with everything that's going on in the industry making sure the students are aware of that making sure the students are like invested in understanding how the industry changes and and what's changing and and that we can you know flex our our modules our assignments and that kind of thing to reflect that I think it's really really exciting absolutely I, I think that's why it's really good as academics that we are continuing our education as well like we're all going to do masters PhDs and I think that's so important because it keeps us relevant as well yeah we've got to move for the times haven't we in order to yeah, definitely. support the students Um, Our final question for you, Mike, is do you have any tips for um, graduates or current students that are going to be starting in the fashion industry? Well, do do you know what, Laura? 
you say of starting the fashion industry, and I don't know what your girl's view of this is, but I always think, you know, your fashion, your career in the fashion industry kind of starts on your first day of university, really. It's like, you know, you are now part of the fashion industry. It's just a bit of a different branch of the fashion industry. So I always think that, you know, from that day one, um, I think don't be afraid of, of networking. I sometimes think that, you know, we use this word networking. It's only something you can do when you start your, start your career. But the, the world's so much more connected now, especially because of like the pandemic and working from home and learning from home. Um, everyone's much more well connected. So things like, you know, getting a really good LinkedIn profile. Oh, I love out. LinkedIn. Love Definitely. it. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Actually, interesting, LinkedIn's how I got my job at Zalando. I didn't actually ah. go through the formal application process. I kind of saw somebody on LinkedIn uh, dropped them an email so could we have a conversation that kind of started the ball rolling and I always tell students that that you know don't wait for the opportunity to appear go out and look for opportunities yeah, and, sure, yeah. and, but I think you know what students are quite nervous about using LinkedIn I think you know we kind of push it from from day one when, when, when they start uh, but they are a generation of TikTok though so they see things differently to how we see things yeah they're almost scared can I can I add that person that's what LinkedIn's for and I think we need to get them using it more and quicker and getting them more confident but straight I think away understand how to use it like it's not necessarily a social media platform where you you know do things on Instagram and Facebook it's very much professional it's those professional um, corporation connections isn't it absolutely yeah yeah, exactly. But I tell the students um, that don't be afraid of making those connections because actually a lot of people in industry and, you know, even people at, at kind of higher up positions and they might be nervous about approaching them, lots and lots and lots of them are really willing to, to connect with students and help yeah. out students and things like that. Uh, so, you know, that that's one kind of thing that I think is getting your, your name out there in a, in a professional way to know that you're kind of on the fashion radar mm. and develop this career equally with um like social media accounts you know i always tell students that like you know have a kind of a professional fashion industry facing instagram yes, for sure like, you know whether it's curating your your wardrobe if you've got a depop account wh whatever your engagement with the fashion industry is get get that out there in a really you know creative and, and professional way it's kind of building your own brand really isn't it yeah and i hate to say it but i do think employers do look at your social media accounts before hiring oh, you so it's good to have that professional account to show you know um, this is what i can do 100%, 100%, definitely. Um, and equally, when it, it comes to like looking for, for job opportunities, um, that obviously keep your eye on all, all the platforms to see um, what jobs are coming up, but don't be afraid of cold calling. Don't be afraid of sending off a, a creative CV, um, expressing an interest in a brand that you like, because it's getting your name out there and you, have, you just don't know what opportunities that might might bring up for you so you know it's all, all about I mean my old daddy he loves that expression if you don't ask you don't get oh yeah um, definitely yeah so you know don't, don't be afraid of putting your, your foot forward because it's a competitive industry not only in terms of the fashion industry itself but in in higher education as well like so whatever university you're studying at you've got to remember that there's lots of other universities that are offering Fashion, uh, fashion management, business, buying related degrees, fashion marketing degrees. It doesn't just have to be the fashion business side of things. So, you know, how making sure that you're going to stand out from the competition from those other graduates that are, are going for the for the jobs. Um, and then, and finally, and it sounds like a bit of an obvious one, but do, you know, do from day one up until well, not just graduation but afterwards, do keep up to date with what's happening in the industry. You know. Mm. 
absorb your drapers, your retail gazette, your Vogue business. But even uh, things fashion. like The Economist, you know, so you're yeah, really broad. Forbes is brilliant for things like that as so well. So you're covering all like the, the pestle model, you know, and you're looking at all those different segments to understand, you know, and scanning what is happening around me. I think that's really important, not just, you know, narrow-minded to just fashion, look at, you know, the bigger picture and try and make those links and, and understand consumer behaviours and, you know, how we're evolving because that also, you know, feeds really well into the fashion industry yeah 100 percent. and i say to the students a lot of the time that um you know not everybody has the time to read every single article no. on every single, like uh website and journal database but it's a case of like kind of training yourself to scan the headlines what what are the key takeaways what are the big changes that are going on in the industry things that are impacting the industry um, things that are impacting consumers that kind of thing so I think it's really really important um, that for, from day one after graduation into your career keeping yourself really um, updated informed and relevant yeah I completely agree so I think what we what we're going to speak about during the podcast as well, uh, and I'm going to ask you just as a kind of final wrap up is, is I think people are almost I think people are nervous to go into higher education at the moment because of the pandemic, and I think people are quite nervous about the fashion industry because there's loads of negative retail news and there's loads of brands that have gone bust and into administration and other brands being brought out. There's so much negativity, and I do worry that students will think, oh my god, I can't, I don't want to go and study fashion. Or I don't, pa- I don't need to go. Yeah, or yeah, that. parents thinking, oh, I'm not going to send my son or daughter to go and study fashion because it's there's so much negative stuff in the press at the moment but I think one thing that we really believe that is you know the fashion industry is here um, and will never go away and we all need clothing and I think you know if, we, if I even think back to when I um, was applying for university I remember my dad saying god love my dad um, I don't I'm not going to pay for you I mean degrees were a lot cheaper when I did my degree I'm not going to pay for you to go to university and study fashion I was like what and actually when he came to the open days he realized how big this industry it's a monster of an industry yes it's competitive but oh my god there are so many jobs out there isn't there's so much jobs and so much opportunity so what would you say to that student kind of hovering on the line like am i going to apply am i going to go in september what do you think do you know what stuff i couldn't agree more with what you've just said i think there is a really valid concern about the state of the industry and that it might be shrinking and there's you know a lot of um talk in, in the press and not just fashion press but that you know news and media in general about the so-called death of the high street um and i i don't agree with that i don't think it's the death of the high street i just think that the the high street and the way that we're shopping um is changing it's it's change it's not uh it's not a decline and out of that change op- opportunities will come um and already there's there's lots of emerging new jobs mm-hmm. and roles as more brands online i think we're going to see a lot more startup brands a lot more smaller brands um so i don't think it's that students should be nervous because as you said surf we're always going to buy clothes people are always going to be interested in fashion it's just the way that we buy it from an industry side and the way that consumers are buying it are changing and a lot more roles in the kind of like the digital side of things, the sustainability and ethical side of things, you know, um, jobs in supply because the way that we're buying um, from factories is changing, where we're buying it from is changing. So I don't think that if students are interested in fashion or thinking about applying, but, oh, you know, should I? 
the industry is is I think the industry is going to see a comeback. It's having a bit of a struggle at the minute, especially because of the pandemic. But, but isn't I everyone? Everyone is. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Um, there's just going to be lots of exciting opportunities on the horizon, um, and and that's why I think students keeping themselves to date. I think that's why it's important. We as lecturers and academics, we keep ourselves flexible and up to date. Um, uh, yeah, and I just think there's going to be lots of exciting things to come. So I would uh, I would say don't be nervous because it's still, as you said, Surf, it's still a massive industry. It's just a changing industry and, and change can be seen as a really good thing. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. That's absolutely brilliant. I completely agree with you that sometimes, you know, when one door closes, another one will open and there are going to be, you know, new jobs, new opportunities for all these students. Um, but thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. We've loved having you. We've loved catching up and, you know, learning more about your Aww. career, bits that we didn't know about. So thank you so much, Bab. Yeah. The BCU Babs <laughs> all back together again, but remotely. Oh, back together. Yeah, <laughs> albeit virtually. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, girls. It's been great. Thanks, girls. Bye. So, uh, to conclude our fashion education special, um, we obviously have our light snow section. It would be completely wrong of us to not um, focus on any other university other than the fantastic university that we work for. Obviously, we get paid to work there, but we don't get paid to mention them on our podcast. So what we're saying here is really genuinely from the heart. As you guys know by now, both myself and Laura are graduates from BCU. We both did our um, fashion retail management degrees with BCU. So we're, we're most definitely BCU through and through. And, you know, BCU slogan is I am BCU. And I feel like I really resonate with that. Yeah, um, we, we are very BCU, yeah. aren't we? I mean, for me now, um, uh, you know, we've both done our, our uh, undergraduate degrees. Um, obviously, I, I came back a little bit earlier to start working at BCU um, seven years ago. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't believe you've been there seven years. I know. That's mad, it's it? mad. I love it. It's, this is it's my third stone. or fourth year. This is your fourth, isn't it? I, I feel like we've always just been together. I just, know. Yeah. Um, so for me, obviously, I've done my PG cert. Laura's uh, graduated from her PG cert through BCU as well. Um, so we've been walking across the Symphony Hall stage a few times, haven't we? Um, oh, yeah. In celebration of um, of being BCU students. And there's, there's something really proud, especially when you've graduated from from that university and uh, and then you work there. You do kind of adhere to this kind of I am BCU mindset. And I feel like I most definitely do. I feel a little bit bad because I've gone off um, to another university to do my PhD, but that that's purely circumstantial that there's no one in my area with that expertise. But what that will mean for BCU is that I will then be that expert You'll for be BCU, that, person, that fashion be, yeah. business crisis expert, which really, really excites me. So, um, you know, what, what we can say about BCU is because we've been through the whole BCU process as, um, as students mm-hmm. ourselves, and that's what's really great. Like, I love doing open days. I just love, and I'll always volunteer, won't I? I'm the first hand up to do um, an open day we have applicant taster days where you know the students come and meet the lecturers I'm the first one to do it because there's just nothing more exciting especially when it's obviously it's not virtual and, and you know people are walking into the building and you're meeting mums and dads and boyfriends and aunts and carers and all these people that have come with um, with these students and they're really excited to look at the facilities and that's the one great thing uh, you know we're, we're back in our day when we studied at BCU we were uh, um, kind of on the Aston University campus weren't we in the little Gloucester, Gloucester Green, Green yeah, yeah. Um, now the BCU facilities are amazing. I remember coming back to do my first guest lecture when I was invited back um, by one of my tutors um, to speak to the third year students and coming back to the Parkside building and like obviously from where we kind of studied at Gloucester Green and coming back to these amazing facilities. And I have to say, you know, 
oh, so the, the Parkside Bills must be eight years old now, and that's where if you came to BC, you'd, you'd study fashion. But it's still, it, everyone's just so impressed by the facilities. It's, it really is a lovely building. I love the little pods, um, little breakout areas. It's really modern. It's got an amazing, huge library. Like, I was really, when you asked me to come guest lecture on your marketing and PR module back in the day, I remember just being like, wow, I wish our campus was like this when we were here because it's so nice. Yeah, and I think, you know, as, as a whole for the school, you know, within the School of Fashion and Textiles as part of the bigger institute of um, jewellery, fashion and textiles as well, um, you know, the facilities are are pretty phenomenal. And, and we're not just um, kind of saying that, you know, if whether you come to study textiles, we've got some of like, the most amazing leading equipment and software. If you come in to do like garment technology, we've got some of the amazing Gerber software think and stuff like that. Think of all the like awards that. we've won for jewellery, you know, outstanding, oh. you know, what we've achieved. Yeah, the Queen's Award. Birmingham is renowned for, yeah, the jewellery Yeah, but, you know, Birmingham, it's, it's it's a, and that, I think that's that's a big part of what our university is about is mm-hmm. you know, Birmingham is, is the second city. It's the second largest city in the UK. And I think a lot of people go, oh, London, fashion, you have to go there. And I think, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, that's that's how it was. But I think now the fashion industry is bigger than that. There's loads of brands in Birmingham. And it's really great because we collaborate with a lot of, of, of the Birmingham-based brands. You know, we've had Gymshark in in the last few weeks. We've had... Um, Look, God, lots of other brands are marketing, uh, marketing agency, Gunco. Um, so we're going to get Paul on um, from Gunco um, in sure in in the coming podcast episodes. He's fantastic, um, a, a fantastic uh, communications, marketing and PR agency in Birmingham. We'll get in. You know, we do collaborate. You've got a lot of amazing retailers on our doorstep. Um, Primark, of course, the world's biggest Primark. Here she goes. <laughs> Here she goes. But it's it's a great place to study, isn't it? It's a yeah. great place. Yeah, you've got everything that you need around you. You know. Um, we've got Style Birmingham, who are going to be coming on and talking in the next couple of podcasts as well, who are, you know, massive, play a big part in, you know, Birmingham's fashion, beauty scene. You know, we've got Harvey Nichols, we've got the massive Selfridges, um, the Primark, of course, Absolutely. you know. Can't we've got kind of like lots of independent places like around Digbeth and stuff, which are just amazing. Yeah, great Western Arcade. It is, yeah. it is a great place to study fashion. We've got lots of head offices locally as well, you know, from like Claire's Accessories. Lounge um, Underwear, Lounge Gymshark. Oh, they're all here. They're all here. A lot of the supermarkets, you know, are within uh, within reach as, uh, as well of the Midlands. So, you know, it's a great place to come and study. It's not all about London all the time. I think that's what's um, important to know. Um, so, yeah, so I do hope that, you know, anyone that's looking to come and study fashion will come, hopefully come and meet us. Maybe, well, nice. maybe when our podcast is big enough and you're like, yeah, that's Sophie and Laura from the Fashionemics. That'd be cool. Um, although Laura would probably be like, oh, my God, and I'd be like, yay! <laughs> I'll be cringing. Yeah, Laura, bless her. Um, I, yeah, I love the attention. Um, but, yeah, I do hope that you come, and, you come and look at BCU and look at, you know, what is to offer. You know, we've got... On the one side of our School of Fashion and Textiles, we've got um, our Fashion Business and Promotion course, which me and Laura work on, and we've got the Fashion Branding and Communication course, a slightly more creative kind of art direction, trends-based course. Um, but I think what's really great about those our courses um, is that if you're not quite sure what you want to do, and a lot, you know, I, I, when I came to study the course, I wanted to be a fashion buyer and went into marketing and PR because the courses that we offer at BCU under the fashion remit, you, you get to like kind of pick a mix and do a bit of everything and kind of actually figure out what you want to do and what, what you're good at. Yeah, I think if you went and did a degree solely dedicated to, say, buying, and then you went into the industry and realised actually... This isn't for me. Which is what you did. Which is, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. That, that's why I took this course, because I wanted to work in fashion, but I didn't want to be a designer. So I was able to sample a little bit of everything. Did the buying module, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm torn between buying and marketing. 
went into buying, um, did homeware, then went into children's wear. And I was like, do you know what? There's something missing. There's just that bit more creativity that I need. And I was able to go into marketing. And, it, you know, because I had that degree behind me of all those different expertise, all those different types of experiences, work experiences, you know, knowledge, terminology, yeah. that I was able to make that transfer. So it, you know, standard me in good stead. Yeah. And obviously then the other part of our school, we do have like the more creative-based uh, courses. So you've got fashion design, fashion garment tech. Um, costume. Costume. Oh, we've got a whole array. You've got textile design, lots of different pathways within textile design. So we've got, you know, as a school, we're very well connected. We work with industry and a lot of head offices locally and across the world. Um, it is a fantastic. And we also have our foundation course as well. And I think that's, you know, going back to, you know, we've talked about the girls' network in the last few weeks um, and things like that. You know, um, if you're still kind of not sure... Um, where you want to work and, and what you want to do, what part of the fashion industry you, uh, you want to go into design with a bit of business. You know, I think it's really great um, to to maybe even consider a foundation, especially a foundation at a university. It kind of makes that um, that leap from kind of secondary, sick form, college education into higher education that a little bit easier. So I think just, you know, go to plenty of open days, but definitely come in and visit us. And hopefully we'll be able to see you in person, face-to-face, so you can come and look at the facilities and come and speak to us about what we teach, what we do. And, um, yeah, so we look forward to hopefully seeing some of you at some VCU open days. Please don't forget you can listen to this episode and lots of other Brum Radio podcasts on the Brum Radio podcast channel at brumradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, don't forget to rate and review us. We would really love your support and feedback. Also make sure you subscribe or follow us so the next episode of The Fashademics gets to you automatically. You can also find us on Instagram at Fashademics. So thank you so, so much for joining us again today for our very special fashion education special. We really hope we have uh, connected and inspired people that are either graduating and going out into the fashion industry or students that are potentially looking at starting university in the next one, two, five years, whatever it is. And also people in industry to hear about the experiences at university and graduates and how universities gear our students up ready for the industry. Um, we're really obviously passionate about our students and, and about fashion education. It's a big part of what we do. So thank you so much to our lovely Mike as well that joined us today. Um, we really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, please keep downloading, subscribing, all those things. It's so amazing the amount of interaction that we're getting, all the comments and questions and things that we're getting through our Instagram. Please follow us on LinkedIn, all that shebang. Let us know if you want to come on the podcast too. We are so open to interviewing lots of people from lots of different perspectives and points of view. It's really, really great to be having this conversation with students, people from industry, etc., etc. So yes, please keep downloading, please subscribe. Um, and we are really, really excited to review um our next next few episodes and what we're going to be talking about we've got a very special guest from graduate fashion week that's going to be joining us uh, which is just amazing uh, we're so so pleased from all the support that we're getting from industry so enjoy the podcast um, i hope it's been um of some value for for our listeners today to get an insight into fashion education so whether you're cleaning the house or you're listening to your podcast on a run just like i do um i hope you really enjoy and have lovely days bye from us see you soon
flipping your feet, you don't get too far. <laughs> Legs are required for jumping, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit of Ariel. Can't sing for, for anything, can I? <laughs> Strangled cat. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.